Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. This call okay. is being recorded. Happy Sabbath to BTC family around the world. This is Sister Walters from Silver Spring, Maryland. My song tonight is the lead on, O King Eternal. Lead on, O King Eternal, the day of March has come. Henceforth in fields of conquest, thy tent shall be thy home. Through days of preparation, thy grace has made us strong. And now, O King Eternal, we live to battle song. Lead on, O King Eternal, Till sin fierce war shall cease, and holiness shall whisper the sweet amen of peace. For not with swords loud clashing, nor roll of staring drums. With deeds of love and mercy, the heavenly kingdom comes. Lead on, O King Eternal, we follow not with fears, for gladness break like morning. Where thy face appears, thy cross is lifted o'er us. We journey in its light. The crown awaits the conquest. Lead on, O God of might. Amen. And you told Sister um, Andrea, it is eternal. It is indeed eternal. Lead on, O King Eternal. Thank God for eternal life. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Walters, for that song. As the Lord lead on and lead us to his promised land. A land that is indeed flowing with milk and honey. Well, we're going to get straight into the word. And tonight the word will be brought to us. A young man who has, you know, loved the Lord from the days of his youth. 
I mean, he's still young and still growing and still flowing for the Lord. So I want to definitely welcome this young man as we keep him in our prayers, as the Lord sustain him, as the Lord covers him and maintain him. Indeed, Pastor Saul. So let us pray before he comes, though, that the Lord will use him mightily as usual, as he have done in the past. Father in heaven, we give you praise. We give you thanks. And, Lord, we want to present your manservant before you, Lord. We ask that you will purge him. We ask that you will cleanse him. We ask that you will wash him, Lord. Empower him now by means of your Holy Spirit. Take full control of every word that will be uttered from his lips. Let your people be receptive, Lord. Give us receptive hearts and mind to hear you speak through him tonight. Use him mightily for your cause, Lord, as he give a word of hope tonight, as he give a word of courage tonight, as you, O oh Father, use him to empower your people. Bless him now, I pray, in the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we ask. Amen and amen. amen. Good night, Pastor Saw. How are you doing tonight? Happy Sabbath. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, Brother Andrew. Thank yes, you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise in the Lord. Go right ahead. Thank you for that powerful, heartfelt prayer, spiritual prayer. And I want to bless each each and every one of you in the name of Jesus and declare, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I pray that you will bless the Lord's name today, my fellow brothers and sisters. Thank you all for sharing those powerful testimonies and what God is doing in your lives. God is still working. Amen. God is still in control. Amen. God is still answering prayers. Amen. God is still taking care of us. No matter which way and, and, and how he does it, he does what is best for you and I and for each one of us in our lives. You know, God is working in a way that we cannot understand in these difficult times. I often think about how God works how, how he has worked and how he's working in my life. And the little that I've learned, or shall I say, the lot that I've learned in the little time that I've had on earth is that God works in his own, on his own timetable. God works on his own schedule. God works in a way that defies logic, that makes no sense. God works in a way that I cannot predict or or prophesy. That does not belong to me. God works in a way that only he knows best because he's, he's God. But every time he works, it amazes me. Every time he works, it humbles me. Every time he comes through for me, it makes me understand a little bit more about how great our God is. It really helps me to appreciate and love him even more the soul, as I see that God takes care, takes care of us in ways that we think not and leads us by ways we know not of. And so I was in contemplation for a brief message today, wanting to talk about how God is working. You know, in this pandemic, uh, in this difficult season, sometimes it seems like it's a drought and nothing is happening in our lives. And and when we look at what's happening and what we have and, and what we've lost, it just seems as if things are not going the way we would like it. It seems as if 
life is becoming more challenging and difficult. But I've learned something about God. God oftentimes does his best work. God oftentimes displays the might and the majesty of his presence and power. God oftentimes comes through when we are at our least, when we were at when we are at a loss, when we have exhausted all of our options and there are no other alternatives. God then becomes our only and supreme option, and that is the best option that you and I can have. In fact, God is not an option. God is a priority. Can I get a witness in God's house today? Over the line here, I praise God. I want you to join me as we, as we examine this brief passage of Scripture, uh, and we explore this subject this evening, the means of a miracle. The means of a miracle. Pray with me just one more time. And so, O oh God of our salvation, you are the living word. As we open your written word and receive it now and read it, bless us, Lord, and feed us with the bread of heaven. Encourage us, inspire us to greatness because of who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I am led to believe that God is going to do greater miracles before he comes the second time without sin unto salvation. I'm led to believe by scripture and by the inspired writings of Ellen White, Sister White, that God is going to do even mightier things on our behalf when life seems so difficult, challenging, full of adversity and obstacles. God takes our obstacles and turns them into opportunities. God takes our difficulties and opens them and makes them doorways of blessings. God takes those things which seem impossible and makes them possible. And so I want to turn your attention to the book of Exodus, chapter 4, second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter 4. And we find it all too familiar passage of scripture. You know it. You've heard many sermons preached on it. And today I just want to review it just one more time because it's worthy of repetition and a vivid reminder of what God is willing and is able to do for you and I in these very critical times that we're living in, in this crisis period of Earth's history. But I want to remind you that it is the same God, then he's the same God now. You remember the story of Moses, and the Bible says that in Exodus chapter 4, the Bible says, verse 1, that Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. Let's pause there for a moment. Mo Moses asked a very... Uh, doubtful and, uh, shall we say, a faithless question. Moses is coming out of a diatribe with God. Moses has been led to uh, the mountain, uh, uh, up in, in, in Horeb area, uh, and he is, now, he is now having this diatribe and dialogue with God. And God begins to show him 
his glory. God begins to show him his power. You see, Moses was simply a, 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 a shepherd. And, and, and you're going to see something now. After Moses asked this question, what if they don't believe me or they don't listen to my voice? Um, and what if they say the Lord has not appeared to you? And then verse 2, very, very simple but profound response from God to Moses. And God, the Bible says, and so the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? He said, a rod. That's it. That's it. What is in your hand? And Moses said, a rod. Moses was referring to his, his, his shepherd's staff. This was a, a stick about, I would say, approximately six feet long that was used in, in many ways by the shepherd. It was used to guide, to lead, and to protect or defend the sheep. It was used to support the shepherd and actually help him climb up and down the steep mountain places as he led and he looked for his sheep. It was also used to defend his flock and the shepherd against the attacks of wild animals in the wilderness and others who would threaten the flock. So, so what we have here is that Moses depended on that rod every day he lived. When God sent him, when he was actually, when he was ejected, he, he, he had to flee as a fugitive from Egypt. He took up the profession of being a shepherd. So, so the rod now became uh, Moses' sense of identity. You see, Moses, Moses' rod, this rod identified who Moses was. As a, as, a, as a person, as a shepherd. When people saw that rod in his hand, they would immediately, immediately know who he was. So you can imagine now, Moses is so dependent upon that rod. You see, that rod represented all that Moses possessed. You remember when he left Egypt, he left with nothing. He did not even own the sheep that he kept. They actually belonged to, to his father-in-law. Jethro, all Moses had in his possession was the rod. It represented, I'd like to posit to you, it represented his life, his identity, his livelihood. The rod became a constant reminder to him that, that perhaps he never reached his full potential in the Lord. And 40 years earlier, God had moved him uh, on his heart to deliver Israel from Egypt. But then, back then, Moses ran ahead of God and took matters in his own hand. And because he did that, he felt like he had wasted his only opportunity to serve the Lord. So Moses had come to believe that he was worthy of being no more than a shepherd. That stick told Moses, that stick reminded Moses, that rod was a picture and a, and, and a message to Moses, you're nothing but a shepherd keeping another person, another man's flock. Can you believe that? Can you imagine that with me for a moment? Like Moses, just like Moses, perhaps my brothers and sisters, just like Moses, 
Could it be that, that you and I are holding on to something in our hands today? Uh, perhaps some of those things are good things, and, and some of those things are not so good things. You know, perhaps some of those things that we're holding on today is, is for example, the past, uh, maybe some pet peeve or, or sin, some, 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 some unconfessed sin, some hard feelings over things people have done or said to us, maybe the spirit of, of, of unforgiveness or the sorrows of life, the feelings of, of inadequacy, perhaps negativity, um, the feelings of um, inability and, and, and the lack of, of accomplishments and, 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 and fulfillment of purpose and satisfaction in life. All of these things, whether they're good or bad, identify us and they actually control us. They can control our lives. We have come to depend on things that we hold in our possession, in our hands, so to speak, and we may even think that we cannot live without them. They become an integral part of your life and my life. Like a shepherd that, that is dependent upon his staff, we lean on the things that we hold in our hands. We lean on the things that we hold in our hands, things like our past, things like our problems, our grudges, our inabilities, our, our unfulfilled dreams. We live with those things and we allow them to define who we are and even control our spiritual destiny. Watch out now. We look at some of those things we hold in our hands and we believe that those things are all that we will ever be. God will use Moses to teach us that we can rise above things that we hold in our hands. We will, we will see that what we hold in our hands does not have to hold us. Can I get a witness? Okay, you didn't all, you all didn't hear that one this evening. Let, let, me, let me break that one down a little bit more. Here, God simply asked Moses, what is in your hands? Now, you ever wonder why God would ask him that? God wanted to teach Moses, as he wants to teach you and I, that God is not limited to what we hold in our hands. For what we hold in our hands limits us. Okay, you didn't get that one. So what I want to say to you is this. What we are holding onto our hands are limited. God wanted to teach Moses a lesson as he wants to teach you and I that God is not limited. He is not limited to by, by, by what we are holding in our hands. But God wanted Moses to recognize what he had in his hands. And then the story is amazing. It unfolds that God tells them now to do something about what he's holding. He sets a captive, throw it on the ground, and we know how the story goes. We know that that rod turned into a, into a, a serpent. We know that and Moses was afraid, and he, and he fled. He ran away from it. And the Lord said, reach out in verse uh, 4 and says, uh, reach out and take it by the tail. And then Moses actually did, probably with his eyes closed, or maybe with one eye open and one eye closed. And he caught it uh, by the tail, and, and it became a rod in his hand again. God said in verse 5 that they may believe, that they may believe, that the Lord God of their fathers 
the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. God wanted to let Moses know that there is no doubt when you come to God. When he asked those questions, God was going to make sure that he would never ask those questions again for the rest of his life. Can I get a witness? When, when, when we come to God in doubt, we actually deny his divine power working in our lives. So God has to dismiss the doubt. God has to dispel the doubt. And so sometimes he asks us to do something that is radical or something that is illogical or something that does not make any sense whatsoever. And then when he does something, we sometimes become overwhelmed and we become afraid. But God tells us what to do. He does not leave us alone. I love how our God is. God gives us because he loves us. He gives us step-by-step instruction. Can I get a witness? God tells us what to do next. He doesn't leave us in the dark. He does not leave us in obscurity. God shows us what we need to do. He tells us, he reminds us what an amazing God we serve. He reminds us through his words of scripture, the word of the living God, how to seek him, how to pray, how to bless others. If you want something, then God says this is what you need to do. We need to order our steps in his way. We need to ask God to direct our path. Here it is. So now we find Moses getting the first sign or answer to his question. And then in verse 6, the Lord said to him, Now put your hand in your bosom. Now why would he do that? But he still did it because the Lord told him to do it. He put his hand in his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Wow. And verse 7, and he said, God said, put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in the bosom again and drew it out of his bosom, and behold, it was restored like other flesh, his other flesh. Then it says, then it will be if they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. Can I get a witness up in here? And it shall be that if they do not believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river and pour it on dry land. So let me talk to somebody. God always backs up his first sign with a second sign. Okay, that's another sermon for another time and place. Maybe Brother Patrick has to preach that one for another time and another place. But let me just get right back to what, I'm, what I want to focus on right now. God makes no mistakes. He asked Moses a question, what is in your hands? Moses now realizes that, 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 that this stick has now become his identity, this rod. But God, God took that stick, that weak, powerless, dead, dry stick, and used it in a mighty way, that rod, simply because Moses yielded it to the Lord. What is in your hands? If you want God to take what you have in your hands, and to transform it, and to multiply it, and to prosper it, you've got to give it back to God. You've got to place it in God's hands. Can I get a word to see? Had it remained in Moses' hands, 
had Moses kept it in his hands, it would have held no power for God. It would have held all the power over his life and limited his potential of what God wanted to do in him, for him, and through him. But, 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 because he yielded it to the Lord, he was freed from the, from the power over him, and he was free to use its power for the glory of God. Can I get a witness up in here? I don't know what's holding you back today. I don't know what you're holding in your hand that is holding you back. I, but I do know this. If what you hold in your hand is not yielded to the Lord, it is a hindrance in your life, is a hindrance from receiving God's blessing. It is a hindrance from God making a miracle in your life. It will hold you back from being everything you could be in the Lord and for the Lord. Not only does it hold you back, but it also affects those around you. It can affect your family. It can affect your church. It affects everything you touch in your life and everything that touches you just because we have not yielded and surrendered fully in all things that we have, even ourselves, to God. Can I get a witness up in here? You see, the sin that you and I refuse to abandon to the grace of God becomes a, a dead rod, a dead stick in your hand. But when you give it to God in confession and repentance, it becomes an opportunity for him to display his grace, his forgiveness, and his restoration. Somebody ought to say amen. See, the bitterness over some past wrong you feel that you've suffered is a dead rod, a dead stick in your hand. But, but, but when you bring it to God, that thing to God, he is able, and you surrender to God, he is able to deliver you and break the bondage that you are in and restore you to a place of blessing. The negative spirit that we might possess that causes you to look for the bad in everyone, everything, and everything in life is a dead stick or a dead rod in your hand. But, but, but when you bring it to the Lord, he is able to give you his perspective on people and events. He's able to bring you out of that oppression and that darkness. The sorrow that you've allowed to perhaps shape your life and steal your joy has become a, a dead stick or dead rod in your hand. But if you bring it to God and surrender it to God, he will teach you that he has a purpose even in your pain. And he will teach you his truth. And his truth, the Bible says, will set you free. The ability that you have, that you're so proud of, can be a dead rod or a dead stick in your hand. But when that ability is surrendered to the Lord, it becomes a channel of blessing whereby he is able to use you and your life in greater ways to be a blessing to others. Am I talking to somebody here today? Everything I hold in my hands can hinder my life, my walk with God, my family, my church. But if those things are not yielded to the sovereign control of Almighty God. It will keep us back from what God wants to do, the greatest thing he wants to do in our lives. Sometimes we wonder why God isn't working in our lives, why God isn't answering our prayers, why God isn't performing a miracle that we're praying about. Could it be that we are holding on to dead sticks, the dead rod in our hands that needs to be surrendered to the Lord you know, that stick also represented those doubting questions, those faithless questions that we, we come to God and God says, look, 
what's in your hand. See, because that rod represented Moses' identity, who he was. He wrapped up himself in a dead rod that was lifeless and that was powerless. God says, I want to turn that around. I want to do something for you. See, Moses climbed that mountain that day as I land the plane in the next two, few minutes. Moses did not know that that day was going to change his life. You never know when God wakes you up in the morning, this could be your day. This could be the dawning of a new day. See, Moses climbed the mountain that day. He thought it was going to be another routine and regular day. Climbing up that mountain that day with a dead stick. He had been carrying around that dead stick for 40 years of his life. In all that time, he, has, he used that stick, but that stick had also used Moses and limited Moses' life. That stick had identified him. That stick had controlled his life. That stick, that stick said, as I said, all that you'll ever be is a shepherd keeping another man's sheep. That stick was a problem in Moses' life, but he didn't even realize it. Sometimes we don't even realize it. He believed that it was an indis indispensable part of his life that he could not give it up. Moses never knew until he yielded that stick to God that the stick he held in his hand was the key to God's power in his life. Can I get a witness in, up in here this evening? See, Moses now yields the stick to the Lord that he carried that day. And when he did, when he did that, he was released from its controlling and limiting power. When he yielded it, it ceased to define him. When he did it, it now became the power of God in his life. So I ask you this evening, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? What is it that you're carrying in your hand today? What defines you? What is holding on to you that holds you back and keeps you from being everything God has ordained you, that God has saved you to be? Is there something holding you back? Is it something from the past? God said, yield it. Give it up to me. Surrender it. I want to take it from you. In fact, God says, I will do an exchange. You give me what's in your hands, and I'm going to give you back something better. So what's in your hand? God asked Moses. Well, you know, with that same, with that same dead, lifeless stick, God used it to confront the Egyptian sorcerers. That same rod turned to a serpent and swallowed up all the other snakes. That same rod God used to turn the waters of Egypt to blood. That same stick God used to bring forth the plague of frogs. That same stick God used to bring forth the plague of lice, the plague of thunder and hail. The same stick God used to blow in the plague of locusts. The same stick that God used powerfully to part the Red Sea. And the same stick that God used to cause the Red Sea to come together again and drown Pharaoh's army. That same stick that was used to bring victory over the Amalekites. And praise be to God, that same stick that brought water from the rock in a desert. And that's much more that we can say this evening. That same stick, so how many of you want to give that stick to God, that lifeless, that death stick, give it up to God. Look at your life and see what is holding on to you. 
You know, the only person, the only individual, the only thing I want to hold on to, the only person I want to hold on to is to God and God alone. How about you? You see, you may hold it in your hand, but it will dominate and control your life. This is our opportunity for us to be free from its pull, from its influence, from its impediment, from its hindrance. Throw it down and let God have it. You see, I'll just leave you with this line. When you and I hold that that stick, that dead rod in our life, when we hold it in our hands, it becomes a liability. But when we put it in God's hands, it becomes a divine possibility. Can I get a witness up in the air? So what is in your hands? Give it to God, and God can turn it around, multiply it, and prosper it. Because when what is is not in when what is in your hand is not enough, then what is in your hand becomes God's seed to take care of your need. That's my word for each and every one of you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.